We all have dreams, whether large or small. All dreams take steps to achieve. And sometimes we think it takes a complex formula to get where we want to be. But in reality, small steps over time create big results. This is the tipping point. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Rob Perry. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. It's good to be with you as we continue in that series called Tip, this series called Tipping Point, where we're looking at those small things, those small behaviors that we can do that will have a huge influence over time. And we've been talking about different things. It's okay if you, this is your first time and you're like, oh, great, I'm coming in in the middle of a series. That's all right. Today is going to stand on its own. You can go on our website or the app and you can listen or view those messages. But today will make sense. And we're going to look at something today called time and just how valuable that is for us and how it can be a tipping point for us. Our time is precious. I remember this, uh, how important and how precious our time is, when I had a vacuum cleaner salesman come over my house. <laughs> I have no idea, this was back, you know, back years, I'll date myself a little bit, but I don't know how I agreed to let this, it was a Kirby vacuum cleaner, which is a great vacuum cleaner, and I knew I was in trouble when I look out the front door about when he's supposed to be coming, and he's being dropped off. He does not have a car to leave. So I started panicking, and he, and he doesn't have a demo model. He has a brand new Kirby in a box. And so I opened the door, I said, hey, um, where's the demo? He said, this is the demo. I said, that's a new box. He said, yeah, I'm not going home. I'm not leaving with it. I said, you really might be. Seven o'clock turned to eight o'clock, turned to nine o'clock. He's trying every sales technique in the book until he heard this one at 10 o'clock from me. Please get out of my house. <laughs> but remember, he had to be picked up. I didn't send him outside. I should have, but I, I let him stay inside the house while he waited for the person to come. It was the most awkward time. I wasted three hours, over three hours that evening that I will never get back. Our time is precious. It is important. And we're going to look at time as a tipping point and what God has to say about time. And so I'm going to ask that the ushers come down with Bibles. If you do not have a Bible, you can signal to them and they'll give you one. Love for you to go home with it. Or if you just need to borrow it, you can. 
Uh, we'll throw the scriptures up on the screen as well as they're in the app if you're following along in the app. I want to look at two basic truths about time. The first one, we'll go to the book of Job starting in chapter 14, verse 5. You, God, have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we are not given a minute longer. What an uplifting thought, right? Welcome. Hey, <laughs> today's truth. Your time is limited. That, that's the first truth that I want to talk about is our time is limited. We know this intuitively. Whether we admit it or not, we know that there, our time is finite, that there is a boundary on our time. And how often do we end up saying things like, where did time go? Time is really slipping away, right? We say these things over and over again. Just where did that time go? I turned 51 this year, and I was flipping through some pictures the other day, and it made me think about this, where did time go? And I came across this first picture. I'm the one that's blurry. Trust me, that's me. I got hair under there, and that's my father on the golf course. I don't remember that day, but I do remember the next one. This is me, late 20s, with my brother and my father back on the golf course again. And I was looking through the photo albums. People are like, which one's you? Because everybody has hair. <laughs> I'm on the left. Um, but it just made me think, man, time is flying. And so I just started, what, what will it look like? You know, how long will I live? What will I look like when I get older? So I went and got one of those aging booth apps, you know, where you can take a picture. So I'm hoping to get to this age. You're like, um, I don't see a difference, Rob. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on now. 80 maybe? Uh, but it just got me thinking about this this idea that our, our time is limited. What, what, what am I doing with my time? And so I want us to just start thinking. Let's just think about the next 24 hours. What do we want to take time for in the next 24 hours that before it ends, what are we hoping to accomplish? And I'm hoping as part of this time to share some things with you that if you choose these it's not only going to transform you, it's actually going to have an impact on those around you as well. But looking at that older picture just makes me think of how I have conversations with my wife, Kim. We talk about, for us, it's not in a rocking chair. It's like when we're sitting on the beach, because we love being around the ocean, when, when we're sitting on the beach and we're looking back on our time and how did we spend our time we're committing now to live in such a way that we don't regret how we have spent our time. That's something that we can commit to as we move forward in life. That we live in such a way that we don't have regret when we're rocking in the rocking chair or we're looking out over the water. We're not saying things like, man, I wasted that time. I, I misspent the time. I wish that I would have sat at the dinner table more than I sat at my chair at my office. Or we're saying, I wish that I maybe was better physically. I ate better so that I don't have the health issues that I have now. 
or sitting there saying, I wish I'd been connected with the local church and I wish I never, you know, kind of drifted away. You see, our time is limited. It's precious. It's one of the most valuable assets that you and I have each month, each day, each hour is precious because we can make more money, right? We can go and get more friends, but we cannot make or create more time. That's something we cannot do. Our time is limited. It's precious, which leads us to our next truth, the second truth, and it's this. Time is a gift. Each one of us has been given a life to live, a life with a purpose. When we wake up, that's a gift. The hours that we slept last night, a gift. The years that we are going to be alive, a gift. The time that you're spending here with me, listening to me, that's a huge gift. <laughs> you're like, not so far, Rob. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, have you ever heard somebody talk about life being a gift like that? I know you have because every one of us knows a cancer survivor, right? And when somebody starts to understand that there is a boundary and a, a time limit on their life, they live differently. They live much differently. People who grasp this concept that they understand that time is limited and it's a gift, there's something when you realize how much time that you have left, it changes how you see the time that you have right now. And people who understand that, that's the way they, they think. Time is a gift for us. How do we respond with gifts normally, right? We get excited, depending on what it is. I got luggage one year, and I, I, I didn't like that gift. But usually, when you get a gift, you're excited. You thank the gift giver, and then you usually use the gift, right? Somebody gave you a shirt, you're going to wear the shirt, Somebody gave you a video game, you're going to invite them in and, and play that video game. Somebody gives me, I have a friend who gives um, Kim and I a Starbucks January mug. Anybody know what the January mug is? Well, it's, you get this mug and you can go in Starbucks for 30 days and get a free cup of coffee. What an awesome gift. So to thank them, we won, we go use it. And then we take a selfie every, like in a different place. Every time we're like taking the selfie and sending it and saying thank you and we're using it. We get excited about gifts. Well, time is a gift. So how are we to use that gift? How are we to respond to getting that gift? And so we're going to look at God's word to see what he has to say with that gift of time and how we're to use it. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, and it's a letter written by Paul, and he's a Christ follower writing to Christians in Ephesus. And what you got to understand is Paul is writing this letter while he's sitting in prison and maybe going to execution. And so he understands the value of time here and now, and that it's a gift and that it's limited. And he writes this, so be careful how you live. 
Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, when it says make the most of every opportunity, if you're reading the King James or New King James um, ESV, it might say redeeming the time. Because the original word was, had to do with an accounting term, which meant get the most value out of something. So get the most value out of your time. That's what Paul is saying. Get the full value of your time because it's precious. And so he said, don't be foolish. Be wise with your time. Make the most of every opportunity that you have with your time. Why? He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Think about the times we live in. Just last night in London, seven people were killed because of a terror attack and 48 were injured. I had to write that in because I wanted to share about Manchester. But that had, London happened last night. Manchester just a couple weeks ago, in the Aria Grande concert, 22 people were killed and 59 were wounded. These are, look at a world, it's an evil time. I was on, Todd and I were on a, Todd Fisher, who's the executive pastor here, we were on a conference call with somebody from the Manchester area because we're looking at a piece of software for the office. And so Todd and I are on with this guy and it was just about a week after, so he said, oh, we're so sorry of what, what went on there, and how are you doing? And he went on to share, he said, it's just terrible. Like, I live right there, and I've been in that place, and I have friends who were touched by this. And then he said, but in the same sense, it was beautiful to watch how we, he said, how the North responded to what happened here. He said restaurant owners were opening up their restaurants and for people to come in and get a meal. Hotels were opening up their rooms for people who didn't have a room and let them come in and they gave them the room for free. Families who didn't know others were opening up their rooms and he said it was beautiful to watch them respond, watch our people respond that way. But imagine if we were intentional with our time now instead of waiting for a disaster to happen like that, right? That's why Paul says, don't act thoughtlessly. Make the most of every opportunity. Start living intentionally now because your time is limited. It's a gift. So in light of these truths, I want you to write down this question. What small step can I take today to begin redeeming my time? What small step can I take today to begin redeeming my time? Even if you're still checking faith out, you may not be a follower of Christ, but that question and thinking about a small step that you can take, that's something you can do. Like I said, you can think about like physically Maybe it's uh, exercising more, eating better. These are steps that you can take. Maybe it's prioritizing your time so that you can have more time with your relationships in your family. But I also want to challenge you 
for those that are wrestling with faith and maybe you're here, so you're questioning or you're, you're wondering, I want you to, to like be intentional with your time and say, why don't I, why aren't I following Christ? What is it that's between me and maybe there's God out there? Make that part of your time in the short term. That's one of the most redeeming things you can do. Where it will lead you, I don't know, but take a small step. We love talking to people about that. Come after the service or shoot us an email and say, I'm not sure I believe, but I, I want to be intentional with my time and understand why I've always been pushing back. But for a Christ follower, it's different. Those of us who are Christ followers, there's a larger challenge for us because how we use our time, it's a spiritual matter for those that are Christ followers. Donnie has been here over the past few weeks talking about how God has given us, what, spiritual gifts for us to use, how God has given us resources for us to use. And today we're talking about God has given us this gift of time. And I remember Donnie saying, it's not in our nature to be generous, right? It is not in our nature to use our time for others. By default, we will usually make it about me. And so that same thing can happen where we make all of these things about us. But remember, we are not the owners of these gifts. God is the owner. We are the manager of his resources and his time that he gives us. He gives it with a purpose. Talked about spiritual gifts. He gives it as a purpose so that the local church can actually function. And all of us are supposed to use our gifts so that we as a church can function. In the process, it leads to joy. And we talked about generosity. It eliminates greed, which also allows us to experience joy along the way. And the same when we start talking about our time and serving others, it leads to joy for us as well. And so we're called to use our time wisely, to be intentional with our time. And sometimes we've got to say no to some good things so that we can say yes to some even greater things that God has for us. We may have to say no to our phones so that we can say yes to the people in front of us, right? We may have to say no to Netflix so that we can say yes to a board game with friends or family. We may have to say no to an extra hour of sleep on Sunday so that we can say yes to coming and worshiping God, but also being able to come alongside and serve and lead others in the other ministries. What do I need to do to say no to, what do I need to say no to so that I can say yes to what God is calling me to do. LifePoint is a place where broken people like me and you, we, we come here and we experience community. We worship God together. This is a place that we call home. And just this year, 56 people have been baptized. People are saying, I'm choosing Christ and it's going to make a difference in my life. I'm committing to that. 82 people 
just this year have said, I believe in the mission of LifePoint and I want to be generous toward the mission. 60 people have come and said, I'm in the middle of the Tri-5. 62. And they actually finished the Tri-5 and they're here. LifePoint is a place that's experiencing impact. Literally thousands of people. God has used LifePoint to affect thousands of people. But it's not because of Donnie, it's not because of me, it's not because of the paid staff. It's because of all of us as a local church serving one another. And our mission is big. Our mission is helping people connect with God. And there's 1.8 million people here in Raleigh with 63 people added each day. And a little under 88% of those people don't have a local church. You can build enough churches to meet the demand of those who don't or potentially don't know Jesus. And so we have a huge mission at our church. We cannot accomplish it with paid staff. It's not biblical, actually. It is all of us. The mission of LifePoint and of local churches around here depends on every one of us that calls LifePoint our church home using our time to serve others that call LifePoint Church Home or people who are visiting. This is something that Eddie did, and I want you to check out this video and hear his story. I served basically because, for four reasons. First reason, it was the way I was raised. When I was a kid growing up in the church, in, in our church that I grew up in, we didn't have custodial staff. We had work parties. We'd show up on a Saturday morning and we'd empty the trash, we'd clean the restrooms, we'd vacuum the auditorium, we'd trim the hedges, cut the grass. There was one Saturday that we needed, the church needed a 150 foot trench, four feet deep. We didn't have a backhoe, we had a work party. So I remember eight of us out there with shovels and we got the trench done. So that was instilled upon me at a very young age. Uh, our church didn't have a kitchen, we needed a new kitchen. And my dad got the cabinets donated and he got the appliances donated. And so he and I put the kitchen in. And I was 11 years old. And so that stuck with me ever since then. And as a result, I can't really see folks running around, setting up chairs, tearing down, vacuuming, whatever. It, it pains me to see them in that role. I, I feel like I have to be a part. So that's, that's the first reason. Second reason is I'm reminded of Joash in the Old Testament. King Joash saw the temple in disrepair. Things had fallen apart. And he said, God deserves more. God deserves better. Our God deserves better. And so he instilled in that in his people. He said, God deserves the best. So I want the best gold, the best cedar, the best marble. And he made that a priority for the people. And I'm just reminded of that, that God deserves our best. And that leads me into my third point. God deserves our best because he gave us his best. Uh, John 3:16. God gave his one and only son, his only begotten son. And Jesus took upon our sins, and therefore we respond in kind. 
I'm reminded of Romans 12:1. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, present your bodies as living holy sacrifices. But where do we see God's mercy? Where, is, where do we view God's mercy? It's at the cross. We see the sacrifice of Jesus. So that just reminds me of, therefore, we should be sacrificed because of his sacrifice. In view of God's mercy, set up this table. In view of God's mercy, help this folk, these folks out. In view of God's mercy, clean up. In view of the God's mercy, videotape. In view of God's mercy, run sound. In view of God's mercy, teach the children. In view of God's mercy, help out with the clothing closet. Whatever it is, in view of God's mercy, do these things because we see God's mercy where at the cross. And then lastly, the fourth reason is, is the people. For, for selfish reasons, I get a lot from being involved in the folks that serve. We're of the same mindset and uh, we could always use more help. There's plenty of things to do, especially as we grow, the needs increase as well. I love all the reasons that Eddie talks about serving, and especially the one there at the end where he's talking about camaraderie. I don't know, if you've come to this church after September of 2013, you need to know we were portable for, since 2004, and so we had a setup and teardown team, and that camaraderie, that happened. I, I was part of that setup team, and we, yes, we set up everything that needed to be taken care of. But the laughing and the joking and just being there for one another and rallying for each other in life, it's so true what he said. And it's hard to see that now that we as a church have moved into a physical building here at this location, but it's still happening. That uh, the setup and teardown team at the other, when we were portable, most of them wear red shirts now. They're part of the safety team. They meet at Bojangles about an hour, hour and a half before Sunday, and they're spending time with one another, talking about life, laughing about things that have probably happened here on a Sunday morning, but there's this camaraderie that's going on. And so if this is your church home, then you need to be serving here. The church needs you to serve, but you also need to experience what the, the joy that comes from serving. And so in just a moment, we're going to have, we're going to pass out some cards, but I want to help you find your spot. Give you kind of three areas that you're going to see on this card. The first one is you love making a first great impression. So like you could have a conversation with the tree because you're so social. You love to smile. You love to throw parties and all of that. Then you need to look on that card where it says, make a first, a great first impression. Or maybe it's the next section, which is create the environment. You're kind of the details person. You don't need to be up front, but you love making things happen. Maybe a behind the scenes person. You've got, uh, maybe it's technical ability. Uh, so video, tech, audio. Um, you love to decorate. Then you need to look and create the environment section. And then there's a lead other section. This is where you love watching the light bulbs go on for people, where you're like, like teaching is kind of your bent. Maybe you've never been a teacher or a teacher, and that's just natural. You love watching kids and adults learn. Then you need to pick something from the lead others. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Joe in the back to cue up a little music. 
ask the ushers to come down front. They're going to hand out a serve card. If you'll grab pens in your seat pockets, if you don't have one, tap the person around. You say, can I borrow that pen? I'm going to give us about 90 seconds here to go ahead and fill that out. And I'll give you one other. If you're already serving, don't fill it out unless you're uh, toying with, I, I think I need to serve in another area. But if you're serving, don't fill it out. And the other tip I'll give you is don't pick 14 things. Pick one, okay? All right. You can keep filling that out. Keep filling it out. I know 90 seconds isn't much. Keep filling it out. But as you're filling it out, I want to share one more video with you of a person who was doing exactly what you're doing right now, found their spot to serve, which was create um, the environment. And because she's gifted in web design and the whole technical thing. And she, she's done that to make our website, uh, like that website looks good, not because of us, because of um, this woman who took the time to use her gifts to make the website work. And in that process, because she has a, a passion for meeting the needs of others, not only in the church, but outside. And she saw the opportunity, and in the process, she created, ended up seeing the need, making a tool to meet the needs that will help us as a church, but help our community. So check out this video. Well, hey, everybody, I'm here with Kelly Miller and Jacqueline Brewer, and we're going to be talking about LifePoint Outreach and the new way that we are going to reach out to our community through service. So Jacqueline, you joined our staff team a few months ago, and the biggest reason that we wanted to bring you on our team is because we wanted to take community service and put it in the hands of the people who are part of LifePoint Church. So tell us a little bit about some of the ways that we're going to do that. Yeah, so to create this culture of serving at LifePoint, um, we've partnered with some key organizations at each of our locations. And so each location pastor has identified some organizations that we want to keep as our key partners and that we really want to support and focus our efforts on. We're going to be sending people to LifePointChurch.com and then I click on serve and then they're going to be able to see three different areas where they can serve. Yeah, when they click on the serve button, it'll take them to the LifePoint Outreach website, and then they can serve the church, serve the community, or serve globally. And so serving the church, that's obvious. Mm -hmm. We need people to step up and be a part of what we're doing week in and week out. Uh, serving the world, uh, that's going to mission trips and sponsoring children, and they're gonna be able to find out a lot of ways they can serve the world. But in the serve the community part, there are those partner organizations that we've chosen to partner with. But there's also something beyond that. So if, if those partner organizations don't have anything available for somebody to go and physically serve or any needs posted at that moment, there's another tab on the website. And that's gonna take us to an external website called seetheneeds.com. And that's been developed by you, Kelly. And tell us a little bit about what See the Needs is all about. See the Needs was developed as an extension to the LifePoint Outreach Program. It is city specific, so you're serving your local area, you're serving your neighbors, and it is ways to get involved in your local community that speak to you. You can get involved through volunteer opportunities, upcoming charitable events, or items that are needed for these organizations to support the missions that they're on. And it's developed in a way that gets you involved, that speaks to your passions, your interests, and your hobbies. 
So you can search by the type of organization, you can search by the topics that they cover, or your areas of interest. So you can really get connected in ways that speak to you, and that's what we want, repeat service. It needs to become habitual. So you can also get your family involved with you. There's opportunities for young children. There's opportunities for teenagers. You can share it on social media. You can share it with your office. You can get your small groups involved. We've tried to take all of the roadblocks out of the way for regular service so you can really get connected and become part of the fabric that is the Raleigh community. That's great. And I love the way uh, what we're doing puts service in the hands of people where it all doesn't have to run through the church staff or it's not something you have to hear about on a Sunday morning. It's something that if you wake up on a Saturday and think, how can my family serve? We can get, you can go to lifepointchurch.com, click on serve, and find some really unique ways to serve in our community and organizations that we believe in. Now, I'm a visual person. We've talked about how to do this. Could you show us on the screen how we can access everything that we've talked about? Sure. You'll find See the Needs under the Serve the Community section of the LifePoint Outreach site. Simply click the Other Needs tab. You can search by location, by type of organization, or simply click on a pin and follow the See Their Needs link. You can use the Get Involved buttons to quickly jump to the complete list of needs, upcoming events, urgent requests, volunteer opportunities, donation requests for items needed, and family-friendly serving opportunities. From the main menu, you can filter needs by the types of people served, your areas of interest, the topics that they cover, or by the age of the people participating, including young children and teens. Make sure to share the posts that you're interested in on your favorite social media accounts. And when you show up to serve, tell the organizations you're from LifePoint and you found them on See the Needs. Well, thanks for showing us that. Hey, go to lifepointchurch.com, click on serve, and be a part of what's happening in our community to make a difference. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And all of that started through a conversation, a, a day like this where, hey, how can I serve my local church? And then seeing the needs, having a passion, having the conversation, writing a tool that helps us be able to communicate to our church the partnerships that we have at each of our locations that we want to guide you to serve in and also to be able to go and look at the other needs in the community. Awesome tool. And so you've done, I asked you at the beginning, I said, what do you want to do in the next 24 hours? And I said, you can have a chance to influence others and influ transform yourself. You took one of those steps today by, if this is your church home, you're saying, I'm going to help LifePoint in the mission by helping to serve. You can leave those cards in just a minute. You can leave those on your seats and the ushers will pick those up. But I also want to challenge you to go home Go to lifepointchurch.com, click serve, and start to look where you, your small group, your friends can begin to serve not only with our partnering organizations for this site, but also start to look at what we're going to be doing on July 2nd. You'll see a tab there. We're not going to have church on the 2nd. We're going to go and serve the community, and you can start to register for those projects, and if you register, you get a free shirt. So let me pray, and then uh, you'll be dismissed. Father, I just uh, thank you for creating us in a way that not, it doesn't, we don't love ourselves, we are to love ourselves, but we are to love you, and when we do that, we are going to go out and love others, and that begins by serving here at home, in the local church that you call Life Point here, and also in our community, and I'm just excited to hear the stories 
as people are stepping into serving and begin to be transformed through you and what you're doing, the stories of the change and the transformation. Thank you for, for loving us and creating, creating us. And we go from here using the gift that you've been, you gave us to love you and to serve others. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.